Before we begin this episode, please be aware that we discuss issues including drug and alcohol addiction, discrimination and mental health. Thank you. Welcome to the Meaning of Home podcast, where we discuss the complexities and connections between home and homelessness. I'm your host, Sarah Christou, and as always, with me is the podcast's producer, Dave Angel. We are doctoral researchers at Loughborough University, part of the Harnessing Opportunities for Meaningful Environments Centre for Doctoral Training, for short, the Home CDT. We are a cohort of seven PhD projects approaching concepts of home and homelessness through a creative lens to develop impactful new research. Every month we'll bring a new episode with a range of guests to provide commentary and conversation on different themes. In this episode, our theme is belonging, where we'll be discussing how a sense of belonging relates to our identity and whether home can be simultaneously a place of belonging and alienation. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Hannah Kumari, a performer, writer, director and producer, and Shanice Martin, a poet and PhD student at Coventry University. Hannah creates original theatre and film, and her aims are to amplify the voices of people from the global majority and break down stereotypes by showcasing diverse experiences, starting with her own. Originally from Warwickshire and now based in Bristol, Hannah enjoyed a varied 10-year career as an actor before transitioning into making her own work in 2020. In the past year, Hannah's work has included commissions for Coventry City of Culture, Shoot Festival and Exeter Northcott Theatre. Hannah's debut short film, Davy, was recently broadcast on Sky Arts earlier this year. Her new piece, titled Ingerland, is an energetic play about who's really on your team, written and performed by Hannah. Shanice is a PhD student at Coventry University. Her research explores Indian-English poets' relationships with identity and homeland, in particular, focusing on the meaning of home in British India and how colonisation has taken its impact. Additionally, Shanice is a poet and spoken word artist, speaking up from a less heard voice, bringing to life poetry and family photographs to create exhibitions that tell a story in community spaces. Her most recent exhibition, Indian English Voices, was showcased at Central Library in Coventry. Her PhD consists of poetry written by Shanice as a British woman of Indian heritage, covering themes including belonging, place and space. Welcome Hannah and Shanice to the Meaning of Home podcast. On this episode, we're discussing the theme of belonging, which, rather than limited to a single location, can be understood as where we feel our sense of self, a social practice or a state of being as belonging. This can be a dynamic process subject to meanings, memories and experiences. Belonging also has intersections with our identity between gender, sexuality, ethnicity, class, culture, disability and age. Now, each of you explore these ideas of self through a creative lens and artistic methods. Hannah, can you tell us more about how your work contemplates a notion of belonging? Yeah, so my play Ingerland, which I started writing in June 2020, and I've been touring um, since February of this year, February 2022, up until uh, just the other week, kind of explores belonging through and within football. 
Um, it's set in 1997 in Coventry because uh, I'm a Coventry City supporter and the main character is based on me, Lizzie. She's 14 at that time. Obviously, belonging is a huge part of football in both positive and negative ways. And for me, as a young mixed race girl in the 90s, football was maybe not the most obvious uh, place to find a sense of belonging. And obviously, there were negative things that came along with that. When I started writing the play, it also became an exploration of my own sense of belonging through racial identity, as I'm mixed race, mixed heritage. My mum is from India and my dad is white Scottish, although I was born and brought up in Rugby, which is a mid-sized town in Warwickshire, close to Coventry. So um, there's a, there is a large South Asian community in rugby, of which my grandparents, who came to rugby from India in 1960, were one of the first families, really. But for me growing up, I never really felt a part of that community because I didn't speak Punjabi. I didn't have a very Asian upbringing for various reasons on my mum's side. She was supposed to have an arranged marriage, uh, which she didn't. Um and most of my friends and the family that I saw on a regular basis were white. Um, and although culturally, I did feel like I belonged in those spaces, really, with football. I did dance from a young age. I went to an all-girls grammar school, um, you know, going for family meals at the local harvester. But there was no escaping that I was usually the only person of colour in those spaces and that has been the experience for most of my life really um, <clears throat> and so it was funny going to football which was mainly white working class men and feeling like I found a sense of belonging there although I did witness and experience racism um, then my short film Davy which was a commission from Coventry City of Culture and Sky Arts explores the troubled life of a mixed heritage woman who's struggling with addiction, drug and alcohol addiction, and trying to find help in Alcoholics Anonymous, which is another very white male cis space, and also with an emotionally available lover who's also white. Um, in the end, it's actually a chance encounter with a female South Asian shopkeeper that unlocks something within her that encourages her to go back to AA, and we get a sense she's starting on her journey to recovery. And with that film, I wanted to explore what it can be like when a sense of disconnection from one part of one's heritage, how that can manifest in a sense of disconnection from the self, which I think is what's happening with addiction. Um, obviously, I'm not saying addiction is caused by being mixed heritage, but in my personal case, the film as the play is inspired by my personal experiences. Um, with addiction, I'm five years clean and sober now. Um, it was definitely a factor, that confusion around identity, along with other things that, that happened to me during my early life. So, yeah, that's two of the main examples in ways I've explored identity in my in my recent work. Thank you for sharing that with us, Hannah. And I think an, an insightful point that came out of that while listening to you was that of being of mixed heritage can also bring a mixed feeling of belonging and we might find a sense of self in unexpected spaces and actually perhaps it's going into those spaces where we might be a minority that we then open up those spaces to. Uh, the change is created 
in those places by us feeling a sense of belonging and alienation simultaneously and realising that that might be how others in our position feel as well. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting point. And, and if I could bring Shanice in as well to uh, also tell us more about how uh, your work and creative pieces um, and research potentially connect to this sense of belonging. Yeah, so um, similarly to Hannah, I'm of mixed race as well and mixed heritage. So my mum is of um, Kenyan and South Asian heritage and my dad um, is actually adopted um, and he doesn't know his full, ethnic, um, his full sort of heritage, but it's, it's English um, to us. So, yeah, I got brought up in a bit of a confusing world, I'd say, with all of these different countries and places and sort of being brought up in the UK in a really, really small village that was predominantly uh, a white area. And I think I found like I didn't have a space or place to, to talk to anybody about what I was experiencing, which is what really drove um, my love for poetry and what sort of gave me a voice. I think for a lot of people um, of sort of ethnic minority and people of colour, poetry and creative outlets really do give us a voice and really do give us a space to just explore ourselves creatively and freely, which is what my poetry does. And my poetry is highly interlinked with my um, PhD research which is on Indian English poetry which is simply put um is sort of poetry written by those of Indian heritage writing in the English language so for me the belonging of those poets is really interesting that's what my research is centered around is sort of why are poets who are, who are born in India and are of the Indian heritage writing in the English language that was once deemed the language of the colonizer you know when it was British India so I, I'm sort of thinking about do they belong more to the west or to the east and I think that research is really stimulated by my own thoughts and my own feelings because I've never been to sort of um, Kenya and, and India where my grandparents were brought up but I feel like I belong to those places and a part of me is there and it's a really weird feeling to feel like these places are home more so sometimes I think than the own village that I've been brought up in here in the UK and I think it's when I've stepped out of my village and gone to you know sort of multicultural cities such as Coventry I did my undergraduate degree there and I did my master's in Leicester you know these really highly multicultural places that I feel like I was starting to explore who I really am not feeling ashamed of you know this sort of Indian side of me that I had to really sort of dull down when I was being brought up and I, I think a lot of the time as well I think I didn't even realize I was Indian um until you know you get bullied on the playground and you think oh my god this is the worst thing to be so I really wanted my research to liberate myself my grandparents' journey of migration from Kenya to Coventry um and sort of just be able to give me a voice to speak up on behalf of people's voices who aren't heard so yeah that's why I sort of wanted to explore um, poetry in my research but also did my exhibition at Coventry Library over the summer called Indian English Voices to give voices to these people who really aren't heard when there's such a big community to be listened to. Another side of it is that having different cultures from an early age, you know there's more out there I suppose than, than uh, your immediate surroundings. But then also our sense of belonging captures compound and contradictory ideas of self, places, relationships, values and community. 
And so if home is between multiple places or it's nowhere, this can also disrupt our sense of belonging. When we feel we belong, that can form our identity and we make meaning from that. Hannah, bringing you in on this point, do you think we can have a sense of belonging in multiple places or is it an, a feeling of nowhere and everywhere? Yeah, it's such an interesting point that you <clears throat> made about growing up with that awareness of other like other cultures, because I think I've never really considered that. But when I reflect on my life and the places I've lived, I've always had that yearning for something more. Do you know, like I lived in rugby till I was 18. I went, did my acting degree in Yorkshire. I lived in Spain for three years in total, two years in Valencia, one year in Madrid. I speak fluent Spanish. I did find some sense of belonging in Spain. Rugby, where I'm from, doesn't really feel that much like home to me. Um, I was living in the southwest last year for a year and a half. And at the minute, I've been in London, in Hackney, since June. And it's really interesting what Shanice said, because I lived in London for 13 years. And I feel like Hackney is a place where I do sort of feel at home because there's so much diversity. Obviously, it's not perfect. There's lots of things going on in London in terms of class. And, you know, I'm not idealizing it but for me I think finding a sense of home within myself has been the most important thing for me because I sometimes feel like home is nowhere and everywhere and I did feel a strong sense of belonging in Spain actually as I reflect on it um, I think often people would think I was Latin American so in some ways my identity I enjoyed that in Spain, almost being able to invent this new identity for myself. As Shanice has said, I was very ashamed of being Indian, brown, growing up in the 90s. That's something I talk about a lot in my play. And it makes me feel quite sad now that I felt that way, that I didn't connect with my grandma as much as I could have done when I had the chance when she was alive to hear her stories. And she is an inspiration for a lot of my work that I want to honour her memory in some way that I can um, and that journey that they made like Shanice was saying from Kenya to Coventry in my case it was the Punjab to rugby um, so that was a bit of a long-winded answer but I suppose I think that home can be many places and for me the most important place coming to a more of an acceptance of myself as I've gotten older has been finding home within myself. Thank you Hannah and I think in addition to that is the idea that belonging isn't only set in the spatial and temporal. Belonging can also be in our relationships with people. So um, you listed different locations that were places that you lived, but weren't necessarily home or where you belonged. But then when you thought about um, family and you know specifically your grandmother, there is a sense of belonging in that relationship as well that we develop. Um, and Shanice, do, does a sense of belonging relate to our identity? And then what happens to that identity if we belong in multiple places? 
Yeah, so I I can definitely agree with Hannah in the sense of finding belonging in yourself being really important. And I think once you find a sense of belonging, it really does feed into your identity because it's it, sort of how you express yourself. And I think that's a lot of the links with the, with creativity for me personally. But for me, my whole identity I feel confident in myself when I feel like I belong somewhere and that's not always in places and spaces because unlike Hannah I haven't moved around you know I've lived in the same area for 25 years um you know I commute to Coventry it's not very far for me I live in a small village in Leicestershire so it's really not far but I've not I've not gone wider I've gone on holidays where people don't think that I'm Indian they give me a new identity or they don't think I'm British so they start speaking to me in Spanish Arabic whatever language they deem as my identity and I think that adds to my confusion of identity sometimes because I then think well I don't clearly look Indian or I don't look English so what do I look like and how does that feed into me have I rejected my identity because I don't look a certain way and I think for me that's that can be a really struggle and a tension I used to get really frustrated with that but I think that's due to how we're socially constructed and how people sort of believe what what you're supposed to look like if you belong from a certain culture or identity but I think for me when I feel most confident in who I am is when I am around my similar to my grandma and she's fortunately still alive and I was really close to my grand um, dad who who passed away about three years ago now but for me I when I sit and talk to them I use I listen to their stories I listen to who they are where they've come from and even though this was in the 70s you know years ago I can still relate to this journey that they've been on I've not okay I've not moved countries and I've not had to start from scratch but I've had to invent myself from scratch you know I was the only Asian person in my whole village at school I was something to be looked at even though I didn't realize I was um but I think that everything about that constructs my identity and I feel like I belong through people rather than places so that for me is a really interesting way to look at identity and belonging. And Hannah yes would you like to add something on that point of socially constructed identity? I just identity? wanted to pick up on what Shanice said because it's so like resonates with me is that there's the one thing of feeling how you identify and then there's how other people perceive you and what box do you fit in for them and the effect that that has on you. So there's a displacement of your sense of belonging, not through your meaning making or your identity, but through others towards you. And perhaps that can then fragment the self even further. Um, Hannah, if I could ask you on, on that point of the idea of fragmentation of belonging, does that then detach us from where we feel at home? Yeah, I think um, if you don't have a well-constructed sense of self, which was not my case for various reasons, which are not all, I just reiterate, related to race and belonging, but then it is very easy to feel fragmented um, and to feel like you don't have a place where you feel safe. And that can relate literally to your practical living situation, which is something I've struggled with my whole adult life really like 
different forms of homelessness, not street living, but unstable housing, dependent on relationships. Um, and I think it all comes down to that sense of fragmented self and wanting to attach yourself to people, places, um, and on a practical level, if you're from a working class background, pursuing a career in the arts, you often do have to sacrifice on other things that people society would probably expect me, a woman in her late 30s, to kind of have, um, you know, like a house and a partner and maybe children. Um, so I definitely think that fragmented sense of self manifests in different ways and it can come from that root place of when you're growing up not feeling like you have a strong attachment to one particular you know I'm this I'm white working class and this is the things I identify with that is my identity when you mix heritage um you don't really have that you have fragments from different places And on that idea, um, home then is not always a place of belonging with fixed boundaries. Correspondingly, our sense of belonging is reshaped by and reshaping people's relationships and is in flux. And so the idea of the homeland may be a nostalgic search for a romanticised notion of belonging. And the nostalgic home and the present home are both held in our understanding of self as mutually defining experiences that are in tension. Uh, Shanice, does the persona of the homeland make the notion of belonging confusing, especially if we're positioned as an outsider from both the nostalgic home and the present home? Yes, I, I do think it does, because I think the persona of ho of the homeland is brought to you in so many ways by so many different people. And it's described, the homeland is described in so many different ways. And it wasn't until I started my research on my PhD where I started to really read about homeland and um actually Salman Rushdie's essay called Imaginary Homelands was really eye-opening to me. Um, It just spoke so clearly about homeland how we have these fragmented pieces and I, I can totally agree with Hannah in that fragmentation of those fragments make the notion of belonging confusing that is what makes belongings a minefield and ongoing because as you go through your life I found that I've gained fragments because I've heard an, a story or I've heard I've been in I've ha experienced something that I've thought all oh, that adds to me and you sort of like building it feels like a mosaic of you in front of you with all these fragments and that then you've got to intertwine homeland between that trying to figure out where it is you belong in home poetry for me is my home this is where you can explore who I am and that's really where I found the persona of the homeland is through my poetry um but it does it make it less confusing I don't think so it probably just allows me to express it in the moment and when I look back through my poetry that's how I look back on my journey and how I look back on the fragments who make me who I am which is the outsider sometimes but if I understand myself then I feel less of the outsider and more of an insider within myself And I'm just feeling so much identification with Shanice right now 
think that it sounds like we have a lot of similarities. And I think that's something that can make you feel like you belong. Um, so, yeah, nonconformity can be a negative, but I think we can reclaim it for ourselves and make our own narrative. And I think it's really important that people do that, like what Shanice is doing with her poetry, what I'm trying to do in my work, so that others can maybe feel a sense of belonging with the other people that don't belong. There's a lot of symmetry between uh, your experiences and also how you're then expressing that through your creative work. Um, and something else that it made me think of is in a lot of the research on home and the meaning of home. Yes, you need a physical space. Yes, you need safety. Yes, you need security. Yes, you need uh, comfort and community. And all of those is what builds a home in terms of a feeling that you're at home. But another important piece of this is expression and autonomy. One of the key factors that comes out in interviews and conversations with people who've experienced a loss of home is that having a place where you can be yourself, where you can express yourself and where you have that control and autonomy over where you are and who you want to be is what makes a home feel like home. Shanice, you traverse and combine creative work in academia. How do the two match up? And how do you perceive the current culture of presenting research in creative forms? I think it's a challenging thing to do. I think cre creativity in academia is still, as much as it's seen and you're accepted to do, you know, your PhD that is critical and creative, I think you are seen as less than sometimes because you're presenting creatively. I think at conferences, they've, they've started now to say that you can present creative work, which makes me feel really included. But when you get up and you're performing spoken word and everyone else is sort of reading their research paper it can feel a bit of a hard place to navigate but I would say that my creative and critical work comes together through the concept of of belonging and of home and due to that that's what I really want to push forward and showcase and when I came to do my research as any PhD researcher does thinks you know no one's writing about what I'm writing about and I want to lend a voice to that and that's exactly what I want to do so to me that's the most important thing to do in this current culture where creativity is becoming more of a thing in academia I don't want to shy away from it or scare away and think it's less you know it's less validating or it's less socially acceptable I want to be the voice and push that through and to say creativity and academia can go hand in hand and that's okay. We end every episode of the podcast with a recurring segment where I ask each guest the same question what does home mean to you? Hannah what does home mean to you? Home to me is firstly inside ourselves, learning to love yourself, being kind to yourself, being a friend to yourself. This has taken me a long time. Then it's having a place of your own, which is yours, where you're safe and can be yourself and at peace. This is the next step for me and hopefully it's not too far away. Thank you, Hannah. I think that will resonate with a lot of our listeners. And finally, Shanice, what does home mean to you? So 
home to me is better expressed through a poem that I'm going to perform and read. Um, it's about a conversation that I had with my granddad on the idea of home. Um, he's my nunna in Punjabi, um, so I am going to refer to him as that throughout in the poem. It's called Back Home. Back home, my nunna called it, as we sat side by side on the sofa watching the Discovery Channel in the place I thought was his home. My nunna's eyes lit up when the Masai Mara came onto the TV screen. His look was fixated on the animals, the land and his nostalgia for home came to life. Whilst his mouth poured out stories from childhood to his last visit to Kenya. The lions came into my playground at school. He would tell me whenever a lion appeared and I saw a gentle side to my nunna as he explained about the lion clubs who he tried to feed and who he tried to help find their way back home. Until that day sat beside my nunna, home to me was the place you lived. It was the place you occupied for the longest but when my nunna pointed at the plains of Africa with a longing in his eyes for the land he was born, I realised that 50 years in England would never wipe away Nairobi, Kenya as his home. My conversations with my nunna taught me that home is the place in which you find happiness and belonging. It's the place you feel safe but where you can also find adventure. England might be the place I occupy, Kenya might be the place I have not yet been but I feel as though both hold a sense of home to me because both are places that make up the identity I belong to and my home like my identity can be found in multiple places. That was beautiful, Shanice. Thank you. And really stirring as well. And an extraordinary note to end on. That brings us to the end of this episode. We would like to thank our guests, Hannah Kumari and Shanice Martin, for joining us and sharing their thoughts. For more information about our work, please visit meaningofhome.uk. Follow us on Twitter at meaningofhomelu. Remember to follow and share our podcast. And of course, thank you all for listening to The Meaning of Home. This podcast was created by The Home CDT. It was hosted by Sarah Christou, produced and edited by Dave Angel, and the music is by the Angel Brothers. All ideas expressed in this podcast are those of the individual. The Meaning of Home is brought to you by doctoral researchers at Loughborough University.